welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Straight from New York. Yo, yo, this handsome ass. Yo, yo, ah, yeah. Fucker, tune in now. Joe the Funk Master. Watch your grill, yoga, knock that cold faster. Talking shit, now we talking facts. Where the mountain off the back. You in trouble, came to burst your bubble. I don't shelter punches. They find home on your mind about the devil. This the weekly scraps. You don't need a map. GPS, I'm right here to lead a dash. The world doesn't know it needs, but I know this he's planning fuck a name and the fame. Only legacy remains. Remember the name, Al Jermaine Sterling. Uh, it ain't shit, it ain't shit, motherfucker. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the weekly scraps. What's scrapping in, baby? We are back with episode 147. Oh, uh, man, great fight this past weekend. UFC Vegas 41. I got it right. Didn't mess it up again, you know, but whatever. Uh, great fight. Obviously, the main event. The middleweights that became catch weights that then became light heavyweights. I don't even know what to call them anymore, but they're the big boys, man. And they went out there and go on and go on, go get it, you know, big time. Uh, crazy weekend for me of travel. Last weekend, I came back to New York to corner my brother and Justin, the kid. And then I went back to Vegas. So I was in Vegas pretty much uh, right after everything happened with the fight being pulled. Went out there doing my PT, my strength and conditioning, focusing on that. Obviously, just give you guys a quick little recap. Last week, came back to New York for the weekend, went back home. So I got here Friday and then went back home um, Sunday night, back to Vegas, came back for fights that were on Friday night instead of Saturday night. They were on Friday night. So I caught a Thursday night flight. Flying standby has just been crazy. Let me not do that. Not saying that. I'm just saying like, crashing in terms of my body just you feel like you have all this energy and then you're waiting you're waiting you think you're gonna get on the flight you don't get on the flight and then the next thing you know uh five hour trip turns into a uh 12 hour escapade whatever you know so it, it was just crazy went from thursday night there were seats on the flight and i guess one of the flights from before they had a rollover of people that might have missed or whatever happened those 15 open seats went to zero almost immediately. Did not get on that flight. Um, they pushed me back. I saw two openings. I was like, yo, I could take the later Atlanta flight or I could take the chance of catching the Cincinnati flight and it being a small airport. Long story short, I went to Cincinnati, almost got stuck there. The flight was full. It went from um, three open seats to zero. And then somehow, some way I got on. They cleared me. I got on the flight. And then from there, right before, probably a minute or two before they were about to take off, some some girl comes at the last minute, couldn't even look me in the eyes, Chico, as I was walking off the plane. She The, the, the gate attendant went in, kindly asked me to, to get up. Um, someone's came for the seat. And I'm like, someone just bought a seat? How is that even possible? And long story, I don't even want to get into the details of that. I think it was a, an actual employee that didn't check in. And it caused some, caused some ruckus, and it caused me a uh, earlier flight, and about two and a half hours extra of a wait. So yeah, she didn't even look me in the eyes as I was walking off doing the walk of shame, getting off the plane. So sad, so sad. 
Um, but that's the that's the the risk of flying standby, and I'm just glad I was able to get to New um, LaGuardia, and my guy Anthony Delemi picked me up, and we drove down to New Jersey, picked up his his lady, and then we went down to the fights in AC, and I crashed in the car. I crashed when we got to the event. I bought a room, knocked out. We were supposed to be there at six thirty. I knocked out. I woke up at seven seven. 40, I think I see my phone and I jump up, start. I'm like, Oh my God. Cause I, I, I set my alarm, but I fell asleep. I hit this. I turned off the snooze. I stopped. I was like, I am about to get up next. You know, I'm out, wake up seven 40. I'm running, texting guys. I'm like, I just woke up in my bed. Cause they, I saw miss, miss text, miss, miss calls. So I'm like, all right, I'm coming down right now. I just got a shower real quick. Shower real quick. Got down there. Um, we went through and through in the night. We had some great performances, man. And some of them really close. We had two really close fights that we lost. And one we lost by submission in the first round, just a tough fight, um, giving up a little bit of size. Uh, that was uh, Lauren's fight. And then the other three we won. Now, just to give these guys some props, man, the, the two that lost, they were tough fights. One of them was a, a back and forth with exchanges of punches. Fun fight to watch. Um, we kind of got a little bit more tired. The guy was getting tired first. Then we started to get tired and the, you saw like the roles start to switch. Um, so unfortunately, but I got Christian. He fought his heart out, fought as tough as he could fight. And he brought as much as he could. And we were just happy that he actually listened. He went out and did what he could do against a very tough Jack dude. We think he's fighting up a weight class. Can definitely get down. He's got a little, he's got a little extra love to, to give, you know, um, but tough dude. Like I said, it wasn't rock and sock and robots, you know, good technique, good footwork, trying to find the openings, um, landing a check hook. He cut the guy. The guy cut him as well, um, busted up his eye pretty good. But um, it was a fun fight. The fans were into it. And I think people were like, you know, not expecting the fight to be as entertaining as it was um, because the one guy, I think he had a two year layoff. And the other guy, our guy, um, he lost his pro debut. But either way, it was a tough fight, and the pro debut was kind of a grappling match almost the entire time. So I think people were excited for this to see how the exchanges were going and seeing how well he fought and how well that he can fight, you know? I think just the cardio was the one issue. Um, and the other guy, Dylan Montello, who's undefeated coming into this, looking to capture the ring combat title, got hurt in the first round, came back where most guys would have tucked their tail and been done. And the fact that he battled through that serious adversity came back at one, the second round, clear the cobwebs won the second round. And then it came down to the third. He was lightening him up with the jab, keeping the distance, keeping the range, um, took the kid down, had a dominant position. I think he had mounted a point. Uh, he also had his back threatening with the choke a couple times. Somehow the kid ended up getting out, getting back to his feet, tough kid, game I remember the first round Dylan cracking with the, with the cross that just snapping. And I think once that kid got hit with that, he just started to just charge forward. Like, I'm trying to get this fight to the ground, man. I got to get I got to get this guy off of his feet because, you know, it's dangerous to just stand there in front of Dylan because he's like such his his right hand and his jab is like a homing missile. It's just aim fire. And he just always, for some reason, just connects. That's just how good he is. He's put guys out his last fight. He put knocked the guy on like 20 seconds, if that, I think. Um, but this one, third round, he, the guy got back up to his feet, you know, sweating that third round and then took him down with a double and ended up just coasting for the remainder of the, like the three minutes on, on Dylan's back. And it's one of those fights where it's just like, yo, that could have, that third round was a, such a, the difference was the, the control time, you know? So 
it's 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 a loss, but it's not like the end of the world. And in that at the end of that round, after we talked to him, he he said, "I must have got rocked," and he didn't know he got he got rocked pretty good. Um, that that third round was the third round. He thought it was the second round. So he thought the kid was going to tire himself out. He was going to come back out the next round. Then he didn't realize the fight was over. You know, so it's crazy, man. People don't understand, like, what goes into these fights. When you get cracked pretty good, you really don't know what's going on sometimes. You're just on autopilot, scrapping. And that's what he did. Couldn't be more proud of the guy, man. They fought hard. Um, That kid needed to hang on for dear life in order to win that fight because Dylan was still coming on strong and and pushing the pace, even though he was compromised uh, early in that fight with with the strikes. Obviously, the guy did it. It was his opponent who landed those strikes, but it's just one of those things, man. It's a fight game, you know? Um, so nothing for him to hang his head about. And our next guy, we had Jiu-Jitsu James. Great fight. Um, strategic. It wasn't like a barn burner. The kid was bigger than him, in my personal opinion. Landing some heavy kicks on James. James answering back. And I think outpointing him with the leg kicks in the first round. I thought the first round was definitely our round. The kid was pressing him forward. Uh trying to attack James, but every time he went to swarm on James, James would get out of there. Uh, great job with that. Great job with the footwork. And then in between that second and third round, because that second round, I thought he might have lost. It was really close. I think the kid landed the harder leg kicks in that fight. He couldn't get a chance to to hit James in the face because James did such a good job of using the footwork and protecting himself. And um, so within that Third round, in between rounds, after coaches talked to him, I went over there. I'm like, James, this guy is doing nothing different from what we do in the room. What's the difference? What's this, what's, what's, what's this guy got? What's this guy got? You go with animals every day. Show this. Yo, I was like, yo, get after this guy and take him down. Put the punches in his face and take his ass down. And bro, yo, my man came out scrapping in that third round. I was loving it. Third round came out harder and... Took him down twice. The first time he got up. Um, but you could see, like, the kid automatically deflated after the one takedown. It's like the one grappling exchange did everything. Did, it just did him in. He didn't have the same tenacity of going forward like he did in the first and second round. And then the, and then again, after he got up, James circled back to center. And I was like, yo, we were like, yo, take him down again behind your punches. Don't just shoot a naked shot, which he did do. He got stuffed. But this time, he went behind his punches, and we told him, um, Ray told him, was like, do what Marab does. Just freaking bomb him and, and take him down. Like, we, you spar with Marab all the time. You spar me. Well, we haven't sparred in a very, very long time because I've been going back and forth in the surgery. But you know what I'm talking about. And that's what he did, man. Put the, He was like, man, I didn't realize how easy that could have been if I just trusted it. I'm like, yo, James, you got to understand how good you are. When you get people down, that third of the takedown is so scary that no one wants to be down there with you because you're a nightmare on top. You know, even when I, when he takes me down, I'm like, I got to really work to get out of this right now. Seriously, James, you know how much energy this is going to cost me. That's how I feel when I go with them. We got so many good guys that people just don't know flying under the radar, might not have the best records because of certain fights and circumstances. But, you know, we live and we learn. We battle through seasoned guys that could win on the biggest stages if given the opportunity. And I do think James will eventually get his shot as long as he stays the course and keep doing the right things. Um, Split decision win for uh, Damian Nelson, 45er Jamaican also. Um, I don't know how that was a... 45, my guy was hitting footwork in there where the guy was trying to swing and getting his ankles broke. Like, my ankles were broke from the corner. I was like, oh, oh. I'm like, yo, Damien, this guy can't touch you and hit a nasty 3-2. Bing, bing. None of us knew how that guy was still standing because Damien hits hard. 
long, long arms, never wrestled, never did jujitsu, learned all this stuff at the gym, couple years, came in just to like train and eventually started taking fights as an amateur and doing some kickboxing and now he's 2-0 as a, as, a, as a pro, you know? So sky's the limit for this guy. He, he's learning, getting more comfortable. And I, I told these guys, like, if I was half as confident in the striking that I am now, how you guys are on the regional circuit, I was like, bro, come on, man. I was like, I, I envy that, you know? Like, obviously, I'm, I am where I am now, but it took me a long time to get comfortable with what I do in the room to do it in the, under the bright lights, you know? And I keep telling these guys, like, you, I don't want you guys to have to wait to show that to the world. I want you guys to show that to the world now. Trust in it. Believe in it. Um, because I didn't have the confidence and I didn't have the guys believing in me and pushing me to, to really help have me elevate myself. You know, so kudos to these guys for winning. And then, of course, the main event, um, Dennis Bazookia, the great. Oh, man. Him and the Albanian crews went off. The roof was about to... It was pretty much the Albanian crowd versus this guy. It was, I felt so bad. I, remember, I told him at the end of the fight, um, you know, to keep his head up, you know, of course. Um, tough dude. But Dennis came out. It's like post-COVID Dennis is back to where he was and not having those lingering side effects from the COVID with the cardio issues. Um, obviously, the fight didn't go long, so we didn't get to test that theory, but he's been looking better in sparring, and that's what matters. When you're not struggling in sparring the way he was struggling before and then trying to jump into the fight and wondering why you we're having these wars. So for this one, this was really nice for him to go out there and, and start your guy in, what was it? like? It was definitely less than a minute. I want to say maybe under 40 seconds and get him out of there and really just put the division back on notice on a regional circuit that, hey, man, this guy's a serious contender. Um, these other ones might have had some close back and forth fights, but there's a reason for that. And you guys better watch out because this guy can crack. You know, so we have a lot of good guys and I'm excited for the future, um, especially after these two back to back weekends with these guys. Next weekend, my fiance's birthday. So you guys, please tell my fiance happy birthday in the comments. Let her know uh, she's going to be, I'm 30. She's going to be 31. It's crazy. I'm 32. She's going to be 31. We're getting old, man. We're getting old. Um, so let's get into these fights, UC Vegas, because these ones were great too. Now, the main one I obviously want to talk about because I was driving back from New Jersey, so I didn't get to watch a ton of the fights because um, I was sleeping in the car. And I was just dead from going out, hanging out at the after party with, with Dennis and the crew. And I didn't even drink that much. It was just the lack of sleep that I did not get really did me in. And I was feeling it, man. Like, even today, like, I'm still a little tired. I was going to take a nap. But, you know, I got to make sure I, I do all this stuff and get ready to go. Um, because we got a good week of travel again when I come back to New York, of course. Um, it's my fiance's birthday. I got to come back, right? 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 So Marvin Vittori versus Paula Costa. Like I said, the shenanigans that went behind the scenes for this fight make no sense at all. I don't think Costa had any intentions of actually fighting at the 185-pound weight limit in the middleweight division. You came in a fight week, big as hell. I don't know how many, I forgot how many kilos he said that he was over the weight limit. I'm like, dude, what are your intentions? Are you even trying to make the weight? Vittori, oh, that guy is gangster as hell because if you ask any fighters, we get pretty pissed off when people do not make weight because it is an advantage. When we deplete ourselves and you don't, it is an advantage for you. Now, you could say Vittori didn't start the weight cut. He definitely starts to get down. He's still a big guy. You, When you cut weight, 
as an athlete, you start to get your body acclimated to getting close to where you want to fight in terms of your fight, your fight night weight, if that makes sense. So if I'm going to fight at 152, when I normally get to the cage, that's usually what I am anywhere from 50 to 54. I want to start to get my body used to walking around that way. So I'll hover around where after practice I could hover around or wake up in the morning, I could hover around anywhere from 50 to 55, 56, maybe. And I want to stay around it because I want to get my body used to that. So once I do that drastic weight cut and I put my, put the weight back on, that's where I fought and trained at for the majority of my training camp. Or even if, even if not the majority, that's my optimal weight to compete at. Vittori, as a professional, was on his way, getting his weight down. And then to have that kind of just curveball thrown in his face where he's already making that adjustment where this guy's as big as a balloon, you know, comes out and says, like, we could do any weight you want. 95, 200. I'm like, what are you talking about? We signed a contract for a weight limit and you're talking about we could fight at any weight you, you want? I, I, I don't get it. I don't know if this was a tester for him. But outside of that, besides that shenanigans and the beef that these guys had, um, I'm sure it's settled. These guys put on a, a spectacular performance, a great show. And for the middleweight division, like they were saying, I think it's one of those instant classics where you can watch that fight again and again and be like, how is this guy still standing from these shots? Vittori is tough as hell. He fought a guy that was essentially a weight class heavier than him. Weight class heavier. Paul Costa is not a small middleweight. And the fact that he looked like that going into his case, I thought the guy didn't train hard. I stand corrected because he went out there and he lasted all five rounds and he looked good pretty much the entire time. I think he might have hit a second win, possibly, because that does happen in the fights depending on how your, your warm-ups and things like that go. But originally, I was like, there's no way this fight gets out of two rounds because Costa's not going to have the gas tank for it. But I was wrong. And thank God I was wrong because we got a great fight, a great performance of two really tough warriors. And again, outside of the professionalism stuff, just focusing on the fight. It was a great fight, even though, like I said, two different weight classes. But Vittori held his own, fought as hard as he could fight. And even without the, the point grab, I still, the 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 eye poke, um, I know he was complaining about the no warning and having the point deducted. I'm glad the referee took away the point right away. It's a fight-altering incident. You know what I mean? You control what you do in terms of your reactions, in terms of how you throw your strikes and stuff, how you defend. If you're defending like this, that's on you, bro. That is 100% on you because you could do that and cover up, put your hands up, put your fists up and, and block and defend all kinds of different ways. But you don't have to do this. You don't have to block and, and swat at guys. Like I understand it's a fight. You react. Your hands are open. You're trying to protect yourself. But... At the end of the day, you have to be conscious and professional enough to understand the rules and compete within that rule set. And if you're going to poke the guy a couple of times and say, well, I didn't get a warning, I shouldn't get a point taken. I, I don't know, man, especially when it's like as blatant as the guy telling you, close your freaking fingers, bro. Close your fingers. Problem solved. We had a guy that, with our guy, Damian Nelson, that happened with him, too. Almost took a point away from the kid. And we couldn't have been mad if they took a point. He would have lost that fight. He would have lost that fight because he was defending and doing the same thing, getting his hands out. And I was like, and I had to tell him like, yo, just make a fist so that this doesn't happen. He almost did it again. He, he, he caught the kid's eye one time and almost got him again. And um, thank God uh, the kid was able to recover and it wasn't that bad of him like jamming his whole finger in there. But it's still one of those things that's like, yo, we got to figure out a solution for this because we got the gloves that, that we can do it. I know the UFC, they want them. 
from uh, Trevor Whitman, but come on, work together. Let's make this so that Trevor can make money off of his invention or his design like anybody else would. That's just the way it is. You know, business is business, right? You know, so he should be properly compensated for that. Again, outside of that, the performance of Costa was was great. He survived and he didn't just survive. He fought the entire time. He fought super hard. Um, there was a point where he landed those body kicks and then that head kick. And I was like, this fight's going to be over. There's no way a guy, a human can just take a couple baseball bats to the rib cage like that. And that guy's swinging a big ass baseball bat of a tree trunk of a leg that that's a branch you're getting hit with essentially and the fact that he was still standing was mind-blowing impressive and uh showed the heart and the toughness of a guy like marvin vittori um i don't know what his head is made of because that guy took some shots and kept on coming and was delivering and he's smart he didn't put a lot of pepper on all his punches when he was landing on costa and i think that was the smart and veteran move of him to do because him doing that allowed him to stay in the fight instead of gassing himself out trying to get a guy out like Costa because Costa's durable in his own right. We saw that fight with him and Romero. He ate some big shots. And um, I was just worried that he was just going to gas and show that he didn't take the fight serious or he didn't train. And again, I stand corrected because I said normally that is a sign for that. So hopefully people don't think I'm talking shit or trying to, I don't know, gain clout or whatever because I'm, I'm not like that. I'm just obsessing. I'm a... I'm assessing what I'm looking at. And that's what I was looking at. I just felt like most of the times when people can't make weight is because they didn't train hard enough or they didn't take the fight serious enough and they didn't do the proper things. And they know that weight cut is going to be miserable and they're probably going to miss anyway. So it's like, or they're going to kill themselves trying to make it, you know? So it was one of those, one of those situations. We still got the fight. Um, Vittori had every right to back out of that fight if he wanted to every right and had he had lost everyone would have been talking about the weight issue everyone would have been talking about talking about them fighting at a different weight class things would have been super different and i'm kind of i i almost feel like the right guy won because i feel like if they were both at 185 that fight's a completely different fight 100 percent. paulo's not as big as he's as he is he's not as as explosive because when you cut down you lose something you definitely lose something no matter how short of a time you're doing that dehydration process you're losing something and losing some pop um other than that uh we had the grant dawson fight versus ricky glenn dawson looking like a freaking uh what do you call it? An energizer bunny just wasn't stopping in that first and second round, constantly coming forward and looking like he was going to get Ricky Glenn out of there. And Glenn, super tough dude, warrior. He pushed the pace, stayed in the fight, bided his time. And eventually the fact that he was able to stop so many takedowns in that third round and, and even some in the second, he did such a great job with the technique. Dawson, fresh, first round fresh. But like I was saying when I tweeted, Body triangles are hard to hold for that long. Um, even if you're not actively squeezing, just holding it, you kind of get a, a res residual effect because there's a human body torso in between your legs that's constantly compressing, turning, and putting pressure on your legs where it's, it's kind of restricting the blood flow. So when you get out of there, eventually you kind of have to shake it out because there's going to be a lot of lactic acid buildup in that in those uh, positions. Uh, so that was my one critique on that was like, Yo, it's great when you have it because you could control, you could breathe. 
But if you're squeezing and you're not getting the guy out of there or you're holding it for a very long period of time, that can suck and that could really, really alter how you're feeling for the rest of the fight. And that's what pretty much happened. When Dawson shot in and Glenn sprawled and Dawson kept his hands locked the entire time and then kind of slid into guard. So he shot the double single, got into a double leg, got extended, had his hands locked around his ass. Um, Glenn sprawled, got his hips back and Dawson's hands are still locked. His fingertips are still connected and they're sliding up Glenn's back and then he slides to a guard. I'm like, dude, the amount of pressure and torque on your shoulders from holding on to that is brutal. We'll do drills where a guy, not a drill, but um, we, well, it is a drill, but the drill isn't for this intention to rip the shoulders where you shoot in on the guy and then the guy holds on. And all you do is like, we tell the guy not to hold on for dear life. Cause obviously we don't want to rip your shoulders out the socket, but the guy hips down and rotates on that single leg as he stuffs the head. And it puts so much pressure on the shoulder joint that normally the hands break the grip breaks as you slide backwards from the hip pressure. But for this situation, uh, somehow, some way, he managed to keep his hands locked throughout the entire sequence, even while Ricky Glenn was pressing backwards and getting his hips away. And obviously, these guys are lighter, you know, fighting at 155, not like heavyweight boys. But that's still super hard to do to keep your fingers locked the entire way through while you're sprawled out on completely in a position like that. And if you guys don't believe me, try, try doing that. Try shooting a single. Hold on. Have the guy sprawl slowly. Sprawl, sprawl, sprawl. Stuff your head. Have him slide his hips or her hips all the way back. And as she rotates or he rotates on that shoulder and arches and pushes you back, how the person's able to hold on and keep their fingers locked the entire time. I was freaking out watching. I was like, yo, bro, you're going to tear your labrum or your rotator cuff. Something's getting jacked up in there after that. Has to. Has to. And if he doesn't, man, that guy's a freak. A freak. Because that is not easy to do at all. Either way, fun fight. The right decision. I think that third round had to be a 10-8. The damage plus the control time, those are grounds for the new scoring system to be a 10-8. So I don't know why anyone was pissed. They should have known that was coming. He lost the first two rounds to Dawson. But Dawson, essentially, he didn't do anything offensive in that third round. How could it not be a 10-8 round, you know? But great fight. Dawson will be back. Still undefeated. Didn't take a loss. And Ricky Glenn, stock goes up, I think. Uh, showed how his toughness and his durability. He's 22-6-2. And, and I think the sky's the limit for him, man. Tough dude, man. That's you grapplers are the toughest guys to fight. Now, this other one, Jessica Rose Clark versus Jocelyn Edwards. It was a good fight, but honestly, um, a lot of grappling, and I'm not critiquing Jessica Clark. She did what she had to do to win against a very tough striker in Edwards. But it wasn't the most fun fight, obviously. We know that. But she, like I said, she did what she had to do to win. Her wrestling looked a lot better from how it has in the past. And Edwards obviously needs to do a lot of work in the grappling department because a lot of those takedowns I felt like were very easily avoidable. And even when she did stop takedowns and then she let Jessica Rose kind of chain wrestle and get back to um, other, sp other better positioning, better spots positioning. I'm still got a little bit of a hoarse voice from the weekend, better positioning from a failed takedown attempt and still hit like 
a duck under or something like that. That's what I remember watching while in the car. It was crazy. Um, Alex Caceres, great comeback win. This guy is super impressive, man. I don't know what to say about this guy. He's He's been around forever. One of the nicest dudes coming into his own five-fight win streak. They got to give him a step up in competition again. You know, uh, he's not a gatekeeper, uh, and he's not a, a guy to prop up any more of these prospects, you know? So I think they're going to have to really give him someone with some name value and really try to see what he can do. Now, the other thing with him, uh, people were comparing our knees, and the knees are just not the same, man. I mean... Even like what I said about our guy who didn't even know what round it was after getting punched. I got kneed and didn't even see it. Now, the difference here is he got kneed. He saw it. Even though he knew it was illegal, it's just one of those things. The knee that hit him, I think it was a little also on top of the... Th- you know what? And I'm not trying to say like, oh, you're a badass because you got kneed harder. It's nothing about that. Like, kudos to Alex Caceres for being able to pull through that and him able to still be not severely compromised to the point where he's incoherent and can't fight. You know, he didn't need as much time to get back out there. So that obviously shows he wasn't impacted by the knee all that much, you know? So I think you have to look at it from a case by case standpoint and understand one, the knee is illegal. You take the point, And on top of that, you see the severity of the knee. And I think if if you can see how compromised the guy is, if they're really, really trying to stay in the fight, you give them that option to do that. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But to all the comparisons to keep doing the same comparison to me, I'm like, I don't get what's wrong with you guys. Not you guys. Obviously, you guys are the good folks. Um, the ones that tune in. But for the people who who get all butthurt about him, like, oh, he's more of a man or more of a warrior or fighter. I'm like... Dude, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. Please get in there. Take a knee to the face. Not to the face, to the temple. To the temple. Where you're not looking and have no idea something like that is coming while you're relaxed. You're not tensed up. You're not anything. Because you're not in a in a dangerous situation. If the knees were legal, I know that in that position, I got to pull guard. I can't sit there in that position because I know that's a legal strike. That is the difference. So when you're sitting there kind of thinking, okay, I'm safe here. I just need to control the hands and get up safely to my feet so that this guy can't load up and throw a knee. And then the guy loads up and throw a knee that's unexpected. What do you think is going to happen? You're going to freaking fall and hit the floor and be like, yo, I feel like someone just clapped me. Where did I just come from? I don't know where I just got hit from, but I got clapped. But whatever. Congrats to Alex Caceres because he's a freaking man. Bruce Leroy is a badass. A um, couple of other good ones, but I, like I said, I didn't get to watch all these. Uh, Nugaramu. He trains at the PI a lot. I got to, I didn't get to see his, but I know it was a quick one of round one. Congrats to him. Uh, I didn't get to see Tabitha Ricci versus Oliveira. She damn decision. Jamie Pickett won. Jai Herbert won, won over Kama Worthy. I think one thing I will say, I've seen Kama Worthy a couple times at the PI. I do think sometimes he leaves himself open. Like It's one thing that to be able to crack, but it's another thing to be defensively sound, to be able to cover from punches and react the right way. And I think him after getting clipped and then retreating and then getting clipped again and then trying to strike and exchange while discombobulated didn't make any sense. And I think the heat of the moment got to him where he didn't make a, 
a rational decision of trying to tie him up, trying to circle or trying to just cover and try to regain his wits. That's the only thing I can say about him. I think he's got caught two times in a row now. I think there was somebody else that that beat him similarly. Yeah, Jamie Malarkey and Ottoman Azar. You know, he had that really great fight with Luis Pena, um, Devontae Smith. He won with a left hook, knocked him out. And before that, he was killing the game, you know. So ah, it's one of those things. He also lost to Billy Quantillo. I didn't even know that. Mm. So he's fought a lot of good guys. He lost to Paul Felder for his third pro fight when he was one and one. Paul Felder was two and oh. I just think a little bit of a technical cleanup could do him some some big help, you know, just getting on the pads, doing some reaction stuff with the noodles or um side to side or even the pads, or someone putting on the gloves and actually throwing punches at him, just parrying, slipping, uh rolling. Pillar blocking, um, high guard, um, taps, slipping, pulls, all those things. I think he he needs to do a lot of that to get his reaction. And even you could do a drill where you spin in a circle, head downs as fast as you can, five, ten times, whatever you want to do. And then you get up and then you have to try to react to those same drills and and find your wits and your composure so that you can get used to those high-pressure situations where it won't feel as foreign to you, if that makes sense. Um, but I think he'll be... Uh, that's three losses in a row, so hopefully they give him another opportunity, but we'll see what happens. Um, these other ones, Jeff Molina looked great after being kicked to death by this guy, Daniel Da Silva. That was nasty. And somehow, someway, he gets him down, gets the reversal from the back control, and... Puts it on him with some nasty ground and pound strikes. And in the second round, countered that that kick with a huge right hand, drops him and finishes the, the fight and puts on the finishing touches. Great performance from this guy. I think he's now 2-0. And, oh, and I, he had a great speech talking about um, taking his parents on his first vacation. And I thought that was pretty cool. El Jefe, Jeff Molina. 2-0 and oh in the UFC and a record of 10-2. and two. Two losses came very, very early on in his career. Nate Smith and Stephen Merrill. Um, let's see if he fought anybody else of note. Not that I know of. And yeah, Ronda Marco, she looked good. Um, very dominant performance. And Jonathan Martinez looked good against the newcomer, Lashes um, Vili. Those kicks, those kick feints, um, the crosses he was throwing, he did the knee punch we do like a kick punch combination he did the knee punch same side so he threw the um he threw the left knee and i think he came down with the same left side punch if i remember or it was the right knee right punch but i think it was the left um to generate the power step in and bang uh start to piece him up a little bit first fight of the night obviously georgian fighters short notice i know marab and liana went to go watch and support marab said he's a very very good striker and taking this fight on short notice i could imagine the pressure of that and not being in great shape to take on a tough guy like Jonathan Martinez. So uh, this bantamweight division is stacked, man. There's so many good guys. This guy is a good dude. He looks like he's going to be a problem. Um, he won his last fight against Ricky Steele. I believe Steele was on the Ultimate Fighter. Yes, he was on the Contender Series. Lost to Sumar. No, he beat Suman Makatarian. Um, he beat Phil Karakapa by split decision. And yeah, so he fought a tough dude, some tough guys, Magomed Magomedov. Oh, which one is this? Is this Tiger? 
No, this is a different Magomed Magomedov. Okay. I was confused for a second. I was like, hold up, hold up. We them boys. A lot of these other guys seem like he has a lot of fights over in Georgia. But yeah, great fight for this guy. Great opportunity. He's 13-1 and one now, but he can obviously come back and still make a good run in this bandweight division. And um, good things to come in. So as always, guys, uh, if you like my shit, subscribe to my shit. Or spin it back, this baby. I'll see you guys later. That's Peace. the show. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get to stepping. And remember, we bring the noise because the people want the funk. Until next time, this is the Weekly Scraps. Bye-bye.